Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Also with me today is our one and only horror magician extraordinaire, Chuck Caputo. Hey, all right. Today's very special guest is Tony Hassini, founder of the International Magician Society. Gentlemen, welcome tonight. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, man. Before we get into our little talks here, we're just going to give a shout out to our buddies. Uh, Let's start off with Stupid Comics Magazine. it, this is a, uh, I tell you what, this is a fantastic comics magazine. I was just looking at mine, the new one prior to us uh, getting started here, and they were nice enough to put a full page ad for House of the Unusual in the back. So you definitely want to check it out. Ooh. Head over to stupidcomicsmagazine.com and it's spelled S T O O P I D. And the newest issue just came out, I believe, a week ago, issue number six. And it also comes with a really cool, uh, stupid sticker. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So you get a nice little treat with it. You could also, if you haven't caught up on any of the back issues, they're all available on the website for a great price. And what this is, it is a kind of a mix of mad cracked and far side all rolled into one. And it, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. The writing's fantastic. The artwork is great, so you don't want to miss it. So head over there and check them out. Also, our buddy Dave Haversat site, 1878press.com, and that's 1878press.com. Tons of great books over there on magic, uh, mentalism, uh, psychics, mail-order novelties. Most of these are really hard-to-find books, and if you look at a secondary market, they they might be double or triple the price, so you want to head over to... uh, Dave's site and get them at the normal price. A lot of the books are discounted as well over there, and some of them are even out of stock, so they're going quick. So check that out at 1878press.com. And last but certainly not least is our buddy Todd Machen and his Sea Monkey Underwater Kingdom. You can find all his stuff at c-monkeys.com. And there's just tons of great Sea Monkey stuff there. They have uh, aquariums, T-shirts. They have a new 2022 calendar that's out where Todd did all the, uh, the design for it. It looks great. Uh, there's a puzzle. The Invisible Goldfish just came out uh, not too long ago. So there's a whole uh, unique set for that. And if you're just starting off for Sea Monkeys or you've been into them for a while, there's stuff for everyone there. I know a couple months ago, uh, Todd was grateful enough to send me a uh, two starter kits for my nieces who are five and six. So he got them into Steam Monkeys, and uh, as they start getting older here, it'll be magic, and we'll be pushing all kinds of stuff on them. Got to get them while they're young, right, fellas? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, all right, that's all we got for today for our friends. Also, you know, make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. Just search in House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel, like the videos. Uh, Eddie and Chuck are always putting out something new on there. There's tons of great, and they're just short little videos too, five, six minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit shorter, but hey, you don't want to miss them. So check them out, and that's House of the Unusual on YouTube. We also have houseoftheunusual.com is our flagship site, and uh, you can find all of our links from there as well. All right, gentlemen, let's get into tonight's conversation because this is going to be a great one. But first, I want to see how you guys are doing tonight. And um, you know what? Before Everyone out there who's been listening to us for a while, everybody knows me. We all know, know Chuck, and everybody certainly knows Eddie. I mean, you yeah. <laughs> You know, no Eddie, but you know, not too many people might be familiar with with Tony Hassini. This is his first time on on our podcast, and we want to welcome him. And uh, you know, we're going to give him the opportunity to introduce himself to all you guys out there. So, Tony, I am turning the microphone over to you. Fantastic! Hello, everybody. I'm Tony Hassini, and I'm the founder of the International Magician Society. 
I found the IMS back in 1968. We're just celebrating our 54th birthday, and uh, it's all good. Any questions to me, Chuck, or any? Hey, I'll tell you what. Tony and I go back. I guess 2001, maybe 2002. He was he was kind enough to put me on uh, on his uh, platinum collection. Two two volumes. Uh, there, there were two different DVDs. Uh, what he put me on was the uh, the Inverti stuff, plus a lot of the electronic magic that I collect and so forth. So you know what? He's a good guy. If you if you guys out there are getting into magic, or like even if you're a seasoned pro. Go to the IMS, join up. I mean, he's a very good guy, and and his and his uh, videos are top notch. I I remember his videos from the uh, Burger King commercial. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, thank you guys, thank you. What's what's with the Burger King commercials, Tony? What what did you have an involvement with those? (laughs) Okay, um, the Burger King commercials came about when I had this idea of creating a character for any corporation. It could have been shoe company or pizza company or, or any product, doesn't matter. The idea was to create a character to uh, appear on TV commercials, do magic and promote the brand. And I knocked on so many doors and every one of them said, nah, this is not gonna work. Uh, just the fun, hundred and one reasons not to uh, go with me. And um, I had a good friend of mine, you guys might remember her, Phyllis Stiller, oh, yeah. a comedian. And she told me, she says, Tony, an average sales, and this, she was a brilliant woman, you know. She, she said that, uh, you know, she was discovered in her uh, mid-30s. She was like 30, 40 years old when she made it and people say, you know, it's amazing how you made it at age 34, you know, a housewife, mother of seven kids and you made it. What they don't realize that she started at 17 years old working in underground nightclubs and it took almost lifetime to get there. So people don't remember that. Well, Phyllis Stiller told me, she said, it's a rule of thumb that every salesman know this you go and knock on 100 doors. And out of that 100 doors that you're going to knock, 80 of them is going to say, no, we, we are not interested in it. Go away. The remaining 20, about uh, 15 of them, will ask a lot of questions, will not buy. And the remaining five, out of the five, only three will buy. And she said, you have to stay with it. You have to stay and keep going. And every time somebody says, no, you have to say, great, I'm getting closer to yes. And based on that advice, I keep knocking on all kinds of corporations' doors. And Burger King asked a lot of questions. It took nine months for me to make the sale. And end of the day, uh, we created the marvelous, magical Burger King, where he'll do magic and be singing a song, I'm the marvelous magical Burger King. I can do most anything. I love magic and I love fun, 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 fun at Burger King. Yeah, yeah. that was the that was the uh, the jingle. And uh, if any one of you listeners would like to see some of those old commercials, you can go to the International Magicians website, which is IMS. I for India, MS Mary, SSM, IMS Magic. Dot com, And then you go to the menu, you know, the hamburger menu, click on the menu, scroll down the Burger King commercials, lot, lots of fun, lots of great uh, magic. And we packed it in uh, 30 seconds or 60 seconds. And the campaign run for six years. <clears throat> and during the six years, I created over 200 TV commercials. Uh, work seven days a week, almost 24 hours a day. I mean, it was a passion, uh, and I got burned out. You know, you hear people burn out. That's real. My marriage suffered. My life suffered, and I, I just resigned. I gave up. They tried to get a couple of magicians. They got Mark Wilson. They got a bunch of other good magicians, but none of them 
had the desire that I had. And, and, and the moral of the story is, if you have that burning desire, you will do it. You will do it. And, and, you know, if you guys don't mind, I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to the island of Cyprus where I was born. I was born in 1941, October 1941, on a tiny little island of Cyprus. It's in Mediterranean. Sometimes you see the island Cyprus when there's a news about Israel or, or Syria or any one of those countries. Uh, they're meeting in Cyprus. That's where I was born <clears throat> during the war. And I was a young boy, and I saw two things in, in Cyprus that... Um, kind of changed my life. As a young kid, you know, I watched this magician came to the island. We, I have never seen magic in my life. To me, magic was the things that you read in the Bible, the, the miracles, you know, <clears throat> and nobody can do magic. And, and along comes this traveling magician with a tent, set up the tent, and he was doing basically, based on what I know now, he was doing really a simple basics magic. The beginners will do that. But for me, that was a miracle. Oh my God, he showed this box empty and he produced all kinds of candy, threw out the candy and I caught one. And I, I had this childish wish. And I said, wow, wow, I should like to grow up and become a magician. It was just an innocent wish. And then I forgot about it, <clears throat> about the... Um, Nine months later, Paul Newman was shooting a movie on, on the island of Cyprus. It was about the Jews escaping Hitler during the war. And they were going to Cyprus, and from the Cyprus, they were going to what was known at the time, Palestine. <coughs> that, that's because that's before Israel, Israel, Israel was formed. And the movie is called Exodus, people escaping the Europe and going to uh, a safer place. And I watch, I didn't know Paul Newman, I didn't know the director, I didn't know the producers, but I watched one guy. And this guy to me was a god. I mean, he was sitting behind a camera, this big camera, and guys are pushing the dolly. And I watched this guy and I, I, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe the power this guy radiate in my mind. Of course, the director was more important and probably lighting director and his producer. But I, I didn't see any of that. I saw that guy behind the camera in a childish, wishful thinking. He said to me, wow, wouldn't it be great if you go up and you become a cameraman like him? Well, guys, I want to tell you something. I accomplished both of those goals. I became one of the leading magicians in the world I had present uh, the highest magic award to greatest magicians, including Great Blackstone, Doc Hunting, David Copperfield, Siegfried and Roy, Penn and Teller, uh, lately Chris Angel and Shindim, and all of the greatest magicians in the world has received their highest uh, magic award for me. And that is impossible for a, a kid from tiny little island to achieve that goal. And, and I want to share with your listeners how that happened. Why did that happen? Because I didn't know it back then, and I never did anything about it, by the way, to, to become a magician or to become a, a film director. Never did anything about it. It just happened. And, and, and years later, when I came to the United States and I worked on both fronts, and then I discovered a book. As a matter of fact, Phyllis Stiller told me about this book. It's called The Magic of Believing. And the book was published back in 1948 when I was just that young kid. Think about that. And this book is written by Claude Bristol. You can probably get a copy on Amazon.com for about $5. It's a small book. You probably can read it in one day. It's Claude. C-L-A-U-D-E, Cloud Bristol, B-R-I-S-T-O-L. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the publisher of this book. I don't have a 
any gain for it, but I'm just bringing it up. And I read this book, and I read the book a number of times, and I recommend it to many of my friends. And what it is, it explains that if you want something and you have this desire, you want it, somehow it will come to you. Now, I, I can explain to you in, in, in our one-hour uh, conversation here. It, you, you, if you really want to get the book, but it works. I, it worked for me. It worked for so many of my friends. Um, I, I, I met a guy in Ukraine. Unfortunately, Ukraine is going through hell now. I met a magician, and a Ukrainian magician. He was asking me, he was saying to me, hey, um, how do I become famous? And I said, well, you know, you, if you can get a TV show, uh, not appearing in, a, in, a, in a somebody else's show, because nobody's going to remember you. But if you can get your own TV show, you're the start of a show, and the show goes on more than three episodes. First episode, people say, the magician. The second episode, they might remember your name. But the third episode, wow, so-and-so for is on, doing magic again. So I gave him all the advice, and I said, what you need, you need a backer. You need an investor to come in and put up the money, and I will come in and produce the shows for you. Guys, this is no joke. Sergei Savka, four months later, called me up and he said, I have a backer. And I was totally amazed. I said, how did you get a backer? He said, I don't know. He actually came to me. He says, the guy wanted to, a magician to do magic, and he, he decided to talk to me. And the same thing happened with Madi Mudini. Those of you who are on a social media you probably see Mahdi Mudini all the time in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I give him the same advice about finding a backer. He called me up about six months later. He said, I have a backer. How'd you find the backer? He says, the guy found me. <laughs> it, it's totally amazing because there's something out there that if you really want it, if you really truly want it in your heart, you, you, it will come to you. It has happened to me so many times. You know, you know, Tony, we hear a lot about that. If 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 you kind of almost like shape your own world, if there's something out, you know, you you attract with what you want and, you know, what kind of energy you put out in the world, it, it comes back to you. So if you're putting out some positive energy, you know, you're going to get positive energy back. And if you're putting out that energy that, you know, in this passion that you really want something, it's eventually going to find you. And you're, you know, you're proof of that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's an old saying that they always say, you know, you talk about somebody who made it and there's always somebody says, yeah, but, you know, there's so many other talented people like him, but he made it because he was at the right time, the right place. And there might be truth to that. There might be truth that you got to get lucky and you got to be at the right time in the right place. But there's but to this. You can be at the right time and at the right place. But if you don't know how to take advantage of the situation, you're not prepared, that opportunity is going to pass you by. Yeah, I, I think that's I, a, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, that's a very good point, Tony, because if you don't have the talent to back it up, I mean, even if it's in the right place at the right time, well, then you well, missed out. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's more than a talent, Chuck, you know, because, um, Almost 25 years ago, I went to Woodrop. Well, you know, it's a hospital here in Long Island, just to get my checkup. You know, my my doctors are there. You know, and I was getting it. And I'm I'm sitting in the in the big waiting room, a lot of people, and everybody. It's hiding behind the magazines and newspapers, whatever they're reading. Nobody's talking to anybody. They're totally <laughs> strangers. I'm, I'm sure you went to doctor's office and you you see people. And nobody talks to anybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I decided to stand up and entertain them. You know, just maybe I make some friends. Who know? Who knows? I'm I'm waiting for a doctor anyway. What the hell? So I start doing a couple of tricks, and next thing you know, they're all looking at, they're talking, uh, this and that. And then there was a guy there, you know, well-dressed guy. And I said, "Sir, could you could you lend me a dollar bill? And I'm I promise I'm going to give it back to you." And I took the dollar bill and I said, "This bill will never leave your side." Never. And I folded it several times. And then when I opened it up, it was a, a, a $100 bill. Chuck, you know this trick. 
uh, one dollar to hundred dollar bill. It's right. one of the most amazing tricks. You can show the boss hands empty, show the bill back and forth, uh, and it's a hundred dollar bill. And then everybody's just, wow, whoa, give him the, <laughs> the money back. They expect me to give him the guy the hundred dollar bill. Of course, as a magician, we're switching the bill. But if, I, if, I was, if I was able to actually change one dollar to a hundred dollars, I wouldn't be working. I'd be busy there changing dollar bills every second. Yeah, really. Tony, um, I was going to tell you, I sell the folding dollar bill and I have a couple of hundred here. I was hoping you could change each of them for a hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, 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 the moral of the story, though, let me finish this um, the, the waiting room at the hospital. So the guy gives me the dollar bill and I change it to hundred and everybody's like, whoa, give him, give, give him the hundred. Yeah. And I said, I promised him I'm going to give him back his dollar bill. So I reversed the trick. I went back and I fold up and changed it back to one dollar. And uh, meantime, people asking me if I do birthday parties and this and that. And we exchanged business cards. And the guy who gave me the dollar bill, uh, we exchanged cards. And he turned out to be the marketing director for Pepsi Cola. Oh, wow. At, at the time, I was looking for a sponsor. <clears throat> And about five months later, the International Magician Society got $2.5 million sponsorship from Pepsi Cola. And we worked out this thing where we were presenting magic at the public libraries across the United States or America and was sponsored by Pepsi Cola. So the moral of the story, guys, is that yes, the opportunity was there. The guy was sitting almost next to me. All right. <laughs> So if, and, and, and you know, every dollar you ever going to make is going to come from another person. The sooner you start talking to another person, yeah, you have the to sooner talk. the money is going to come to you. Yeah. So I was at the right place, but I, I took that, that advantage of talking to them and showing them magic and then exchanging business cards and, and as a result, making contacts. So. It's all about networking. It's all about oh, making yeah. friends. It's all about always networking, networking. And yeah. then, you know, you of course, you have to keep your eyes and ears open, you know, for an opportunity. When I found out he's the marketing director for Pepsi-Cola, whoa, the light bulb went in my head. I go, okay, this might be my guy. So that's... Hey, I'll tell you what, magic is a great... Is a great icebreaker. I mean, really. I mean, you could you could actually go into a room like you said. People are sitting there, and you you know what? You do a simple little trick or something, and it's it just breaks the ice. You know what? People start talking, and, and they and they become the best of friends. It's yeah. amazing. It really is. Yeah, that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's when, I tell you what, that, that story reminds me of. Um, well, it had to be about maybe three years ago or so. I had a. Um, I don't know if you know, Tony, I, I do a little bit of writing and, and I put out a few uh, local history books mm -hmm. and I, I do some writing for um, some different magazines on mostly classic horror and all that. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy in my, my city who had found me on, on social media and he wanted to do like a little collaborative uh, thing with his uh, a self-published book he was doing on, on paranormal and all that. I said, oh, yeah, you know, that sounds, you know, interesting. I'm into paranormal and UFOs and everything. And I, I had done uh, UFO investigations. So I said, hey, I said, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to be out, you know, a few few towns over. I'm going to I'm having a cigar and a coffee. I said, you want to come meet me at the uh, you know, cigar shop? I said, sit and talk and, you know, brainstorm some ideas and all that. See, see what's up there. And I had never met this guy before. But mm -hmm. uh Surprisingly, I knew his wife from uh, school. I went to school with her and um, her all her cousins. So I, but I had never known him. He was from actually from Pittsburgh, around Chuck's area. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So meet him at the meet him at the cigar shop, and you know I, we're having a cigar and coffee, and you know there there's a nice little crowd in there, and we're talking about the book, and we start talking about UFOs. And I'm, I'm explaining, you know, he's really, you know, asking some questions about UFOs and getting into it. And I'm, I'm talking to him about UFOs. And, you know, as we're talking and talking, you know, I start looking around. And the next thing I know, like, everybody around, everybody that's, like, in there is, like, <laughs> like gathered around us and listening. And I'm like, oh, sorry, you know, we talking too loud. And they're like, oh, no, that's interesting. You know, keep going. We're listening. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was it was really kind of cool. We got the talk to different people a lot of people started opening up about 
you know, UFOs and ghost sightings they had. And I was able to exchange uh, my business card with a few people there that had some UFO sightings and made some really great contacts. Mm-hmm. And um, my buddy, he, you know, started talking to some people and he was able to make some great contacts for his, his book as well. But it just goes to show, you know, if you kind of, you know, you never know where you're going to going to find something you know it could be a doctor's office you know a, a store you know out in the park it, it, it could be anywhere so oh, absolutely you know, hey, that energy out there and you're you're open to it you know you'll get great results for it and you you see a lot of um uh stuff happening time after time like that but yeah it, it was it was really interesting that your story kind of reminded me uh of that time and it was like yeah. everybody just gathered around and you know, it was a great networking opportunity and it worked out well for both of us. Hey, it pays to open your mouth. I mean, you know, yeah, what? Really? I, always, I always walk up to people and, you know, and, and perform magic and everything. It's a great, you know, like I said, it's an icebreaker and you know what, it's a very neat way to open up a conversation. I mean, really. Yeah. No, guys, um, over in, um, back in the day in the early, I think early eighties, I was riding the subway in New York from Times Square. And I remember one guy out of nowhere, the, the subway's packed. It's like 5 p.m. rush hour. And a guy starts in the thing talking and telling jokes. And he goes, you know, guys, I do this for a living. The next thing I know, the, the train is packed and everybody's giving him you know, a dollar. Uh, dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. His hat. <laughs> I know. The, I know the guy. Presto. Presto. He used to do the subways. I remember him. That's Presto. Yeah. Wow. He, passed, he passed away, by the way couple of years ago. Wow. Ama- amazing guy. He was a very good slider hand artist. But you know, uh, you don't really have to uh, have uh, uh, skills or, you know, to do magic. You, there are a lot of self-working magic. Uh, a lot of people believe that they cannot juggle. And as a result, they'll never pick up a ball and juggle. That's the belief. Uh, but if they, if they feel that they can juggle, they will. So if you think you can do it, you can. If you think you cannot do it, you're not going to be able to do it. So what I want to say is that any of you want to learn magic, we have uh, magic, te- magic teaching videos and are free. Absolutely free. Just go to the International Magician Society's website and click on free magic. There are lots of uh, beginner's magic. Uh, you can do it right after watch the video. And at least that's the beginning. And if you want to learn uh, more, much more sophisticated magic, you can always, you know, go to library, get a book, or there's other ways to learn. But it's a good hobby, breaks the ice, like Chuck says, and uh, it helps you make new friends or new clients, new customers. It's a great hobby. Yeah, that, that, that's great because we always talk about, you know, magic on, on here and the um, – you know, the, the current state of magic. And, and there's a lot of people that, you know, I think that want to get into magic, but might be in, intimidated about it. And, you know, we always say, you know, pick up a book, at, you know, do some reading, do, watch some, some videos as much as you can. And, you know, don't be discouraged if it's something that you want to do, you know, get into it and, and start doing it, at least give it a try, you know, maybe you don't end up liking it, or, or maybe you do, but at least you gave it, you know, 100%. You went in and you tried it and you could say that you did it. So now, now that being said, there might be people out there that says, you know, well, you know, ma- magic's something of the past. It, it's it's not big anymore. It's being replaced by, you know, social media and YouTube videos and, and anything else. And we've discussed this a lot out here about the, the state of, you know, pretty much <laughs> we really get into everything on here. But, you know, we always talk about how stuff always you know, if it's not popular now, it eventually starts coming around. Case in point, vinyl records, they're, they're becoming absolutely huge. And the price of old records are going up. Uh, a lot of new records are coming out. And um, same with VHS tapes. People are, you know, VHS tapes are becoming hugely popular. And it's it's not mostly for the tape, but it's the artwork that's on the, the boxes are, are very unique. So even the collecting of VHS tapes are coming around and they haven't been popular in, in decades. So a lot of things start start coming around and, and go in circles. But want to get your take on this, Tony. What what do you think is the uh, the state of uh, magic 
uh, today? And do you think it, it's being replaced by anything, or do you think it's starting to become more popular? Well, Eddie, uh, the the vinyl records and the VHS tapes and everything else that you just mentioned, those are collectible items, and there are, there's always going to be collectors collecting whatever it is. I'm one of those people. I have one of uh, Thomas Edison's uh, early gramophones, the ones that is a cylinder record with a big, big horn. I have one of those. I have one of the early phones. There's always going to be collectibles. Let's get back to magic. Magic, it's a mystery. And there's always been a magic, and there's always going to be magic as long as there are young children coming up. And what was all magic trick to my grandfather, it's a brand new trick to my grandson. Never seen it. To him, it's amazing. Eddie, do you know magic is the second oldest profession in the world? Second oldest profession. Hmm, what could be the first? Yeah, I'm almost afraid to ask. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, there's, 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 been, there's been books written about it. Uh, the, 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 the prostitution is the, the, the oldest, the first profession, and magic is second. Magic, uh, when someone discovers how to light, how to make fire, that was magic. Every, every, every turn of the way, there was new discovery that became magic. And the, the early advisors to kings, they were known as Magi's and the old medicine man. Sure. They, they, were, they were known the Magi's medicine man. And Eddie, do you know, there has been more books written about magic than anything else except medicine. Medicine is number one. Magic is number two. It's one of the richest hobby you can go into it. Riches. Uh, you can live to be a thousand years old, learn a new trick every day. You're still not going to know all of it. No, it is that true. rich. That <laughs> rich. No. And, and what we have, like on our website, we have the be- beginner's magic. There's 20 tricks. And, and every one of those tricks, you can do it from objects found around the house. And it's free. Uh, you can go there and learn. Out of the 20 tricks, you probably end up doing three or four of them. Great. Next time you meet friends or family, you're doing several tricks. You know, um, I'm going to tell you a story, Tony. Back in uh, the 1980s, probably 83, I think it was, I walked over to the Flossen Horn and Magic Shop in New York, which at the time you boasted to be the oldest shop in America. Yeah, Jack, and, Jack. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I go upstairs. Now, this is me, Eddie. I go upstairs and I meet with Jackie Flosso. Now, I didn't realize I was starting at the time, I was starting my mail order business, uh, which I had originally taken over the, um, well, at that time, I still hadn't taken over, but I had a, a mail order business I was running. And yeah. then later on, I became the Fun Factory with the original Lou Weiss owner. We be, you know, we joined up and the Fun Factory is the one that was founded in the 1970s in all the comic books. And then the Fun Factory turned over to House of the Unusual. But the whole thing is I meet Jackie Flosser and I had no idea who he was at the time. I didn't realize all the mail order ads he had ran in the early 70s. And I said to him, hey, do you have the book, The Unmasking of Robert Houdin? Now, when you went to the shop, the Flosser Horn and Magic Shop, it was up like on the 10th floor. And it was like a rectangular big office. And he had a mess and a half. There were boxes on the floor. It looked like a typical New York City magic shop just like like d robbins used to be in in brooklyn so i go out and he he looks around and he goes in the back and comes out with the book and he comes out and he says yes i have a signed copy by houdini oh wow he signed the back cover he shows me he says it's not the, the signed copy, you know because there was a signature that mm-hmm. came with the printing but he had an additional <coughs> and he goes to me um i like to get 75 dollars for it now at the time i was like you know, 18 19 years old whatever and i'm there with my girlfriend at the time because it was my wife but um <laughs> early you know it was a little bit before we got married mm-hmm. and i tell the guy um in fact to be honest with you, i don't remember if i was actually married i, I think it might have been because it was in that time so i could have been married i'm sorry and i ask and, and i'm thinking to myself well i only have 85 dollars in my pocket if i say give him 75 it's not going to give me much to hang out and eat a few things you know so i said no and i said i'll be back never went back <laughs> 
<laughs> when I realized today, talking about missed opportunities. Oh my goodness! D- Dave Harvest had sold one for twenty two hundred dollars. Wow! With him. And- yeah, well, Jackie Flusso was a good guy. You know, he was known as the Coney Island Faker. No, this is the son. The the Coney Island Faker was the father. Jackie yeah, Flusso. No, yeah. I'm talking about his father. Yeah. And uh, he was a good guy. Uh, I met him when I was a young man. And um, he, a kid will come up there and will buy a bunch of tricks. And then he'll say to him, hey, uh, you have enough money to go back home? And if not, he'll give him a dollar to go back home. It, it's one of those old-fashioned guys that uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was in it for the compassion and love, not for the money. You know, he he reminded me, Tony. I think he reminded me a lot of W.C. Fields. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was... No, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. But but you know, Tannen's Tannen's magic uh, came later and compete with Flasso and became the world's largest magic supply house. Um, it run more like a business. You went in, and Saturdays they had famous magicians coming in, rubbing shoulders with the amateurs. He had, he had a good thing going, Lieutenant. Um, so when I came to New York, I um, I actually ended up working for Lieutenant, um, making tricks for him. You know, because I was making tricks back in London, England, when I was working for Tony Corinda. At the magic shop, so it's um, it's it's there's a lot there, you know. Um, but anyway, talk about the cameraman on the in Cyprus. I did accomplish that because not only I end up shooting all the Burger King commercials, but I went around the world and actually produced and directed and shoot travel films. There's one of the films on um, on YouTube. You'll find it if you go to. Tony has seen his uh, YouTube uh, page. Um, you'll find one on Russia. I did. This was uh, before the Soviet Union collapse, and you see on on this film at the end with the, with the credits how we made this film. You see those big cameras, humongous cameras, the dollies and everything else, including hot air balloons and helicopters. And and so when I watched that cameraman on, doing the Paul Newman movie. And I had that wishful thinking. It, it happened. It came through. So all you all you have to have that really truly wishing. I wish I can do this. It will come to you. Try it, guys. I'm sure you'll you'll get back to me and uh, and tell me about it. I sure want to hear about it. And you can always reach me at uh, at imsmagic.com. You know we have an email there and just send me an email. I'm wishing right now that Chuck uh, Caputo and Eddie would send me a million dollars a piece. Uh, you got to make that come true. Hey, that's a big. I'll tell you what. That's a that's a big wish. That's an impossible. Wish. No, no, no. Actually, what we can do. No, that's not true, Chuck. What we can do is send him one thousand dollar bills and have Tony convert each one for a hundred. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it might work that way. There you. There you go. That's it. We'll make it. We'll make it work one way or or another. Well. Well, you know, guys, um, talking about a wish, wishful uh, thinking like, I wish I get a thousand dollars. There's an old Cyprus story that I my grandfather told me, and probably the story is like a thousand years old. And there was this poor guy. He lived next to this very wealthy man. The, the next door neighbor was so wealthy, probably the wealthiest guy in the island. And the, the poor guy, he goes out in the yard whenever he sees his neighbor, and he raises his arms up in the sky like he's talking to God. And he says, oh, God, dear God, please, please send me 1,000 lira. And if you should send me 999, I will not accept it. I will reject it. I need 1,000 lira every day. He's praying 1,000. The rich guy decided, what the hell? I'm gonna I'm gonna put a 999 lira, <laughs> put put it in his second throw, or whatever, hit him on the head. <laughs> so, 
the guy puts 999, but the, the, the poor guy is praying, send me 1,000 lira. And if you send 999, I wouldn't accept it. So the, the rich guy puts the money in a sock and ties a knot on it and throws it and hits him on his shoulder. And the guy, poof, he, 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 he gets this bang on his shoulder. He looks on the floor, he sees this sock. He picks it up, it feels it, it's like there's money in there. He opens up, oh my God, oh my God, God heard my prayers. Let me count it, make sure there's a thousand lira. Maybe, let me count it. The rich guy is watching, he counts. 999, he says, 999, a God that can send me 999. I'm sure tomorrow he's going to send me another lira. <laughs> and pockets the money. That's a good one. And, and, and the rich guy goes, he says, hey, 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 hey. God didn't send it to you. I sent it to you. That was an argument. But anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> was well, well, you know. Well, you know, Tony, we got this this whole story around, you know, our, our little podcast form. And I said, man, I said, I, I wish I had s- some some old mail order mystery stuff. You know, yeah. I, I don't have, you know, too much of it. I wish I had some mail order mystery stuff. And my good buddy, Eddie Guevara, said, Joe, Joe, hold on. Yeah. I have some old mail order mystery stuff that I would like to send you. And I'll send you a package for it and you won't you'll be you you won't be disappointed you'll actually be surprised very surprised and i said oh eddie thank you i said i i can't wait to be surprised <laughs> and so he says joe I, I i i sent out the package my friend my good friend joe you will be so surprised when you get this package and you know i i few days later i see on my my front porch this package it says House of the Unusual, Eddie Guevara. I said, oh, my buddy, my good buddy Eddie came through, you know, with the mail order mystery stuff. He's going to surprise me. And I grabbed the box and I said, wow, this box feels kind of light. But, you know, whatever's in here, I'm going to enjoy because my good buddy Eddie's sending me a surprise. And, you know, I, I, I gently opened the box open and I sure was surprised <laughs> there, Tony, because the box was completely empty. <laughs> yeah. He All had right. come through on his promise that he was gonna surprise me. He had sent me an empty box. He surprised you. Well. That's it. Yeah. Well, he'll have the gift coming in a sock. Yeah, and that, that is an absolutely true story. He sent me an, an empty box, and I sure was surprised. Ain't that right, Eddie? Well, I, it was you and Todd. Todd got the number one. He still kept his though. Yeah. Well, you know, future. Well, you know, Joe. Uh, Joe, now it's your turn to surprise him. Oh, oh, I'm gonna surprise you know, him. Yeah. Now, now it's your turn. You're gonna say, Eddie. You know what? Uh, on the um, you give him a date. Make sure you have a date. You know, let's say, let's say you guys do the the talk show every Wednesday night, right? So you say on April, whatever the Wednesday night falls, April nine, whatever. I'm gonna have a real surprise for you, Eddie. You're gonna be really surprised. And then the show starts, and you do the whole. Nine yard, and he say, "I promised Eddie I was gonna surprise boys and girls and everybody. The show is dead right now. I'm shutting the unit down. That's my surprise. <laughs> Bang! The show dies. Joe, without you, there's no show. <laughs> I'll tell you what. He he might reach through the uh, microphone and start choking me. Then I don't know if I want. To <laughs> and then you say, then you say, Eddie Touche. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, that that's great, man. So, um, oh, you know what? I, I forgot to ask you uh, today, Chuck. How's the um, how's the uh, magic circuit been the the last week? You still been busy? I know last week when we talked, you were swamped. Yeah, the week before. But how's this last week been? Yeah, very yeah, very busy. We we wrapped up a few shows on the weekend. I start up tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll be working uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday straight through. So yeah, it's been. You know what? It all picked back up, thank God. You know, and uh, it seems like things are pretty much back to normal. So I hope it, I hope it stays like that. And the weather out here in Pittsburgh has been, I think it was sixty-eight degrees today. It was crazy. Yeah, wow. that, that that's what we had today too. In in Northeast Ohio was I think it was 67, <laughs> 68. I, I actually had the air condition on in the uh, <laughs> in the car. But hey, I'm I'm heading out a little, I guess, north of your ways uh, this weekend. I'm going up to uh, the Allegheny. Uh, National Forest. Oh, nice. for the weekend. Yeah. Well, oh. Chuck, Chuck, yep. um, you know, um, our banquet dinner 
our 54th anniversary banquet dinner is going to be in Las Vegas at the Orleans Casino Ballroom May May 19. I'm flying there first week in May to prepare for everything. And um, we're honoring Shin Lim, Magician of the Year. I don't know if you guys know Shin Lim. He he won the America Got Talent, America's Got Talent. Oh, he's absolutely, he's absolutely fantastic. Oh, my and, goodness. And Banachek is getting the mentalist of the year. He's totally out of this world. They, they both have their own shows in Vegas. And we are not a bunch of other good guys. So that's the big thing in my plate right now, nice. getting that uh, party out of the way. Because it, it just takes a lot of preparation. Well, actually, one of the things that's also coming our way, Chuck, as you know, uh, through Chuck, I was able to connect with uh, Penn and Teller, Mr. Teller, and reach out to him about being in the podcast. And he sent me a few days ago a, uh, an email, and he stated that he will be calling me, give us at least 15, 20 minutes of live Zoom. So I Fantastic. think what, what's going to happen when that happens is going to be on a Zoom call, and then I, I will then publish it on the podcast via Fantastic. Zoom. Well, Eddie, they're going to be in my party. Just about every magician you ever heard of, they're going to be at my uh, 54th anniversary party. If he doesn't do it, I'll remind it to him. Cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. He, uh, <laughs> he texts, I'm hoping it does happen. But uh, yeah, he said they're in the middle of filming the ninth season of Fool Us. And they're planning uh, in June uh, a 30-day, I think, to Australia. They're, they're doing a tour. Uh-huh. And they're like overwhelmed. So he's a really he seems to be a very nice guy. I mean, I... He's, you, he's a good guy. I, uh, I tell you what, Eddie. I I caught a few of those. We had talked about it a few weeks ago. I caught a few of those episodes. They're they're really good. I tell you what. There's some there's some really cool young magicians out there with some just fantastic uh, uh, acts and everything. And there was a few where where Penn and Teller were fooled. There was a few where it seemed like they were going to be fooled, but they they knew what it was. But man, I, I tell you what. The, Really entertaining. I'm gonna to have to go back to the season one and start watching it all the oh, way. Well, you know what? I don't think anybody can fool Penn and Teller. To be honest with you, they sometimes pretend they got fooled because otherwise the show loses the excitement. You, you need you need ups and downs. But they're so they're so talented. They're like a walking encyclopedia. Oh, they're very knowledgeable. Magic. Yeah. And I I don't know anybody can fool them, but. It's it's a TV show, you know. You gotta you gotta once in a while. There, you oh, know, my, there my was husband. one. There was one particular. I, I thought this was funny because I, I I could see there was one person, a, a young kid. I think it was about seventeen, eighteen, and he was doing the oil and vinegar thing with card tricks, but he did the part of it at the end where he put the cards and he put right through the cards a ring. He, he popped a a hole in them and he put a ring, and it changed and pen was kind of frustrated that he couldn't figure how the kid had done it right in front of him. And he grabbed the kid's cards. He goes, can I have this? <laughs> and he went to check it. And, and then it was kind of funny because he goes to the to the guy, you know, I asked you for this. He goes, I want to apologize because I feel like a heel. I took the cards from you. You, you know, you basically had no choice but to give them to me. <laughs> I put you in a, in a position. Uh, but, you know, but <laughs> I can see he did because he took it because Penn had to see how the heck the guy did the trick, you know. And it really kind of like got him where he's like, wait a second. But when he got the cards, he was looking at it with the, and so obviously he learned what it was. But um, I thought that that was funny. That's the only time that I think, like you said, they can be fooled. But that one time, I think he kind of like, but you could see he went ahead and grabbed the things right off the table and took it to the chair to sit down, you know? Oh, yeah. I yeah. tell you what, you have some amazing talent out there. You know, what? when I do... Uh, when I do lectures to like different magicians, you know what I always tell them, you know, I just don't like to perform magic. So if you feel you have something that's really very, very, uh, you know, you know, like amazing, you know what, if you want to show me after, after when I'm done, you know, and there's, and there is usually maybe two or three people that come up and they show me some stuff. You know what? It's like, it's like the average person, you know, what you, you wouldn't think would be able to do something. They, they come up with some of the most amazing magic. I mean, it is, it is really uh, something to see, you know. Shim, Shim Lim is one of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you, Chuck. But guys, you haven't asked me uh, a question that I thought you will, because quite often when I do 
interviews, I don't do that much interviews, but when I do, one of the first questions they ask, why did you start it, International Magician Society? Hold on, hold on, let me get it, because I was just going to get to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tony, go ahead and ask. What ma- Tony, you know, I was just wondering, what made you start the International <laughs> Magician Society? <laughs> good job, good job, good job. <laughs> Yes, I got it. <laughs> okay. All right. All kidding around. Uh, Chuck knows this, but some of the magicians know this. I, uh, I am probably the example of, um, of a disabled person that had no chance, in, in no chance at all making it uh, because I have a dyslexia. Uh, horrible dyslexia. Uh, I, everything is in reverse, is in a mirror image. Um, you know, um, if if you guys don't know anything about it, just Google it. It's it's a syndrome, dyslexia. Um, Steven Spielberg came out of a closet. He admitted he has dyslexia. He said it takes him twice as long to read a book, and that's true because we have to read it and back with and reverse it in our in our mind. And on the top of that. I wear hearing aids. I was born uh, almost legally deaf. And so I have to wear these heavy hearing aids. Um, and I was very shy. Because of that, kids used to make fun of me. Uh, I couldn't do well in the school. So when kids make fun of you, you lose your sense of uh, confidence. I, I couldn't even look at you in the eye and talk to you. I'd be looking down in the ground. And when I left Cyprus and went to London, England, and somehow, by miracle chance, I got a job in a magic shop because I was looking to work. And Tony Corinda, who wrote The 13 Steps to Mentalism, he owned several magic shops, and I got to work for him. And when I learned my first trick, the acrobatic matchbox, and I started showing around, people said, wow, how did you do that? And right there and then, I gain my self-confidence, like I was somebody, people asking me. And I thought about it, that I said, if, if magic helped me find my way, there must be other kids out there that can benefit from it. That was a single purpose of creating IMS, because at the time, and it's still today, it still exists, you have the Society of American Magicians, a respectable society, uh, International Brotherhood of Magicians, very respectable. London Magic uh, Circle, respectable. Hollywood Magic Castle, um, the European Society, which is known as FISM, all great. But IMS became the largest, and, and I created an award that became the Oscar of Magic. And every great magician accepted this award. Uh, as a result, if you Google the Merlin Award, uh, you will see every great magician received it. Uh, but my prime interest was to create the largest library. And Chuck is one of the teachers. He taught two volumes of the library. We have the largest uh, video, magic video library that, uh, that kids can go and learn. I thought that if I can reach out and touch one kid and change his life, it will be worth for me to create this this uh, society. And initially, in the beginning, nobody took me serious, you know. And I had to convince them. I had to convince the famous magicians what I was doing, and they became supportive of the of the IMS. And that is um, that means a lot to me. That library, we have thousands and thousands of thousands of videos uh, that that is in our library. Anything you ever want to know in magic, doesn't matter what, it's in the library. And you don't have to read it. It's a video library. So the, we talk to best card magician. So we let him teach Harry Lorraine. He's the best card magician. We let Harry Lorraine teach card magic. Uh, we talk to best coin uh, teacher, David Roth passed away. Uh, the greatest uh, coin magic. Where them teach the coin magic. So we talk to guys that they're in best in what they do, and we we brought them to teach, because these guys they cannot be 
at, at, at 10 places at the same time. They cannot be in London, Paris, and New York, impossible. But through the library, that they are forever. Some of these guys passed away, God bless the soul. But they're going to live forever in the, in the video library. That's the reason I started. So now I answer the question. Um, well, that, that's I great. Better. I mean, that, that's a great story of, of why it was started. And it, it should be said that, you know, everyone out there, there, there should be no, you know, there's no excuse for doing what you what you want to do. And you see uh, examples every day of people with, you know, every kind of disability in different ones. And they are just doing phenomenal things out there that, that you would never think could be done absolutely uh, by a person without a disability let alone with a disability and they don't even let it phase them or handle them so you know if you're somebody out there that wants to get into magic and, and you're making excuses tony's gonna tell you out there there is no excuse get it absolutely. done or else we're gonna okay. chuck well, over to your house with the they, they just have to go to you know search go to google whatever and go ims eyes in india ms mary ssm ims magic Dot com and they'll be on the front page click on free videos awesome and you're on your way you're on your way awesome you know and we'll have a um a link in the show notes as well for everyone out there but we're coming down we got about four minutes left so we're gonna we're gonna go through a little round robin real quick and just give some final thoughts and eddie we're gonna start with you with some some final thoughts for you bro well, the final thing is I'm coming is that the new House of the Unusual website, I'm going to vamp it up a little. I'm going to put a new video. I'm going to change the format. And I'm not going to have the membership thing pop up anymore that Joe is so angry about. Uh, so <laughs> oh, you'll, be, you'll be able to join our mailing list, but it's not going to be put on your nose. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been asking for months for that. And it's like, a, you know, well. A, Christmas 2022 for me now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. It's a situation too. Mr. Joe wants to change platforms uh, for our podcast, which I agree. Uh, the thing is, when you have almost 80 shows and you got to download each one of them to make sure that there's no mishap, last thing we need is three years of podcasts to go down to two. <laughs> well, you know um, what? I, I figured you weren't busy enough, Eddie. So you, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So you want me to do, but you know what? I think Joe is entitled for another empty box in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're going to turn it over to our, our fantastic first time guest today, Tony Hassini. And Tony, what's some last words for everybody? My last words, guys. Uh, God bless you all. Um, I'm really concerned about the war in uh, Ukraine. I have lots of friends in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, both sides, good people. Um, it's just that unfortunate that uh, Putin has these uh, ideas of uh, recreating the Soviet Union, which cannot be done. And as a result, um, people are suffering. Uh, I just found a way to send some money to um, Dmitry um, Mosin, uh, and he's distributing the money among the Ukrainian magicians. I tried to send them by bank, unbelievable banks. They're not doing business in Ukraine. This is unheard of. And I found a way that I got some money in for them. And that's about it, you know. And other than that, everything else, we all have good, uh, good life. We have homes, we have cars, we have three meals a day, we have everything we want. And there's some people out there suffering. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah, well. Well said, well said. All right, Mr. Chuckaputo, it's on you, brother. Last words. All right. Hey, it was a great, great podcast tonight. You know what? I'm very thankful, like like uh, Tony said, for my family and the and the great country that, that you know that we live in. And I'm thankful to be part of the House of the Unusual. And I'll forever be thankful for Tony Hassini for for putting me on his uh, IMS about 20 years ago, man. I mean, I mean, he was the only one that you know that gave me a chance for my uh, you know for, for the electronic magic. Slash the inverting magic. So thank you, Tony, and I wish you, uh, I wish you continued success and God bless. Awesome, awesome. God bless everybody. Great said. All right, everybody, thank you for for joining us once again. Everybody out there in podcast land, uh, thank you for joining us every week uh, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Um, please subscribe to our channel and uh, give us a good review if you so choose to. And remember, we're here every every Wednesday. We're we're recording. And coming out Thursday morning is when the new podcast hit, and we're here every week for you, and we appreciate all of our listeners out there. And 
uh, please sp- spread the word. So, uh, Eddie, Chuck, and uh, Tony, hey, thanks for joining us. And Tony, a uh, huge thank you to you for, for joining us. And uh, we hope to, to hear you on here again. And, um, guys, take care and good night. Okay, God bless. Thank you, Thank you. Good night. Good night.